0: Welcome to the Speak Your Peace podcast, uh, my name is Biggie E, Ian McNaughton here, we're with SYP creator Scott, Scott, happy birthday first of all, you, you. are 20 years old now?
1: I am, yeah, big 2 today, it's uh, it's a good one, time time to drink lots, and speaking of drinks, Ian's drinking, what are you drinking today?
0: Uh, this is a Red Racer uh, Red Pale Racer. Ale, there uh, you go. made, made uh, in Surrey by uh, the Central City Brewing Company.
1: And fans, you know what I drink, Stella Artois, the go the go-to beer. So sophist- sophisticated. Beer guy.
0: Yeah, exactly, sophisticated. Um, exactly. Hopefully your 20th birthday doesn't turn out like my 20th birthday, where everything just went to shit afterwards uh, in November last year, where it's just like, now we have COVID, and it just seems what? like everything's going downhill now, but...
1: I feel bad for people that had, like, March and April birthdays. Like oh, they, I know. They were
0: literally locked
1: down. Like, at least, if you had, like, a summer birthday, you could at least, like, see some friends, but, like... March, April, like forget it. Good luck seeing people.
0: Yeah, but, no. If you if you had a March birthday, even May birthday, it was like yeah. yeah R.I.P. Yeah, rest, pretty much. Rest. So so you went golfing today, by the way, and did you play like Bryson or did you play like Barkley?
1: I played like Barkley. It wasn't good. It was far from good. Let's let's. I'm I'm gonna say let's not talk about the golf. I'm gonna say I parred the first two holes and I parred the 18th.
0: Oh, so you three parts? Okay, yeah.
1: I had three, but the rest, Ian, the rest of it was, you know how I usually Oh, I know, I know, yeah. Absolute dog shit, so we're, we're just not going to talk about it.
0: Alright, so you and I were hanging out last weekend, which, last weekend, which was NHL free agency weekend, so we got some stuff out there, but we were pretty busy. We were watching my Seahawks uh, absolutely come back against the Minnesota Vikings,
1: And your Lakers won, and the
0: the and the Lakers won. So we have to acknowledge that the Lakers won. I got my T shirt on the way.
1: Oh, Um, you do? Let's go. uh,
0: I didn't get my hat, but Neil, basically, my brother Neil, went off on me, saying about how Jordan is clearly superior to LeBron, and that's kind of a. Are we going to start that debate right now? I don't want to start that debate right now. I just wanted to mention about my brother saying it was a bit of a bitch move getting a, a Lakers championship T shirt. Uh, when, when Jordan's clearly a superior player, the better player. Well,
1: well. Anyways, that's that's not what this pod's about. This is a hockey pod, so
0: we're we're turning we're turning into a hockey pod this time. Yeah. Um But the big, I think, I think we have to. I don't know if it's the biggest reagent signing but I want to talk about the Taylor Hall signing first because Taylor Hall went to Buffalo. One yes, year, he did. One year, eight million dollars.
1: He's basically just banking on himself to do well. If he puts up seventy points, he signs long term there. Hot take.
0: I mean, it's actually not... Here's the thing. I know he said he wanted to go to a contender, and Buffalo is not really a contender. They're not, yeah. And they're far from it. They're a bit far from it. But, I mean, there's Jack Eichel, who is really good. If you don't watch Buffalo games, you know that you, you, you should, because <laughs> Jack Eichel's good. Um, that's the only,
1: that's your only reason to watch Buffalo, really.
0: Maybe. that and, I... I, and he, I I was gonna say Darlene. Okay, yeah,
1: Darlene's good too. Uh, and,
0: but yeah, yeah, you have Eichel. Eric Stahl's there, which is right. something. Yeah. Um
1: Dylan po- Cousins is on his way. Dylan Cousins he, is prob- on his he'll way. he'll probably be there this year, hopefully. he's uh, good po- enough now.
0: Possibly. But it's kinda of thinking about this like just thinking about the Sabres here. I mean, their goaltending is not very good. I don't think Linus Allmark and Carter Hutton are that good.
1: No, they're they're an okay tandem. They're nothing special.
0: They're worse than Nashville's, like two tan, like, tandem. Well, of course they're
1: Pekarena, you you see sorrow. Of course they're not as good.
0: So, but I actually don't mind the Hall signing. I don't mind. I I don't think it works for both teams because Buffalo gets Hall, who's probably yeah. he, he's like. <laughs> one of their best wingers they've had in a long time.
1: He's, I think he's the guy that can match Eichel's ability. And I think him and Eichel together is going to be fun to watch. There's, there are many teams, or even like Lions in the NHL that are quite like that. I think it'll be Hall, Hall Eichel and Olsen. I think that's what people are projecting.
0: I, I, like that's I think so, pretty, yeah.
1: That's pretty bananas. There's a lot of That's a lot of speed, a lot of skill, and they're Hall and Eichel are both they can play physical, and all of a sudden obviously a good finisher, a good guy around the net. So look out for that Buffalo first line. They're gonna be top ten in the NHL in terms of first lines.
0: I mean Hall didn't really have a great opportunity in New Jersey last year. Yeah. He Kind of had something in Arizona, but not really. There wasn't really a center there. I guess Derek Stefan was their best center. and But he's not Jack Eichel. No, God, no. He's more so, familiar. From... So it makes sense for Hall to go to Buffalo, I think. and it, Absolutely. It, and there's a world yeah. in which, like, we start the season in January. The trade yeah. deadline's in March, and he's only there for two months.
1: It's a possibility, yeah. Realistically. So, so Not that that'll happen, but you never know
0: depending on how the season goes and how they've scheduled it all. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, who knows? Uh, uh, The other move I wanted to mention too was the Nashville, or not Nashville, excuse me, Vegas, the Vegas Golden Knights getting D-Man Alex Petrangelo.
1: Yeah, I would say that should have been mentioned before Hall. That's the biggest free signing.
0: I wanted to to mention the Hall one because I think the Hall one was a bit more surprising than Petrangelo. Yeah, I agree with that too.
1: No one expects him to go to Buffalo. Like you expect him yeah. like, to go to a continuum like a Calgary or he wouldn't go to Calgary, but like some Col- content. Colorado. Team, Colorado or Vegas even. Like yeah. these teams in the West that are good. But I guess Buff is a good fit for anyways. Petrangelo to Vegas. That's that's big.
0: That's big. Vegas um big. I think Petrangelo is arguably even probably the best D man that they've had in their franchise.
1: Yep. Nope, I, there's no there's no arguing that he, yeah he's you can almost argue for him being the best player in their current franchise flurry's close Mark Stone's close but I think petrangelo that's a good take that's a good take yeah I think he, like he's the best player he's the most I think relevant name that's been signed in Vegas maybe other than flurry yeah I think I
0: can't really argue with that I mean it's just And, like, the rich getting richer with Vegas, where they sign the best free agent in this year's class, arguably, in Petrangelo. And now they have a a top D-man. Yeah. Well, they
1: have one anyways, but they
0: have another one now. So, do you do, I guess, Petrangelo-Theodore?
1: That's a top three D-pairing in the NHL. Yeah,
0: Yeah. at least. Has to be. Yeah. So, I mean, Vegas just getting better. They... I wanted to give him like a B grade for their offseason because they did have to move Nate Schmidt.
1: Vegas fans aren't gonna like that. But he was he was a big part of that team. And he wanted again, he I, I listened to an interview that he did with uh some Canucks fan page, and um he's like he loved being there from the ground up, and I think he had a, some this connection with Vegas and that was really cool. And he was he's a heart and soul player, like you don't expect a guy like that. He's kind of like, we've, we've talked about this in recent pods, like the Michael Saunders of like the Mariners in that aspect. Like He's an important player on that team. Is he the best player? No, but he's a vital part of the success of that team, just because of who he is and how he handles himself.
0: He means more to that actual team than the team he's going to. Yeah. Like, like if oh, that, definitely. If that makes sense, yeah.
1: I mean, the Canucks are going to love him, and he's going to be, he's going to help Hughes out a lot, just that veteran experience and getting the, like, like getting the, uh, some tips and stuff from, from Schmidt. I think that will be a little, really helpful for Hughes. But again, Vegas is losing a lot. Yeah. yeah. No doubt.
0: Yeah, I I, I love them. It's kind of... It's a tough move, but a move you kind of have to do with Petrangelo bringing him in and then getting Schmidt out of there. Yep. Um,
1: you don't have the cap room. They didn't have the cap room to keep both. Yeah. It just didn't happen. It, so.
0: it, it, unless they find a move for Flurry here, mm. which I... You know, they've been talking about how they they want to keep him. Uh,
1: well, I, they have two number one goalies right now.
0: Yeah, so. well, you have two number one goalies. Leonard is, I think, going through surgery or he's had surgery and he's recovering. So I don't know if he's going to be starting for whenever the season, the start of the season is. Yeah. Um, but there's a world, you know, you can keep Flurry and pay whatever, $12 million for the two of them, for Leonard and Fleury. Or you can yeah. make a move for Fleury, get some cap space and see who knows they got some they got a couple other guys like Alex Tuck might be on on the way out too um yeah
1: Vegas is gonna start running into some cap issues for sure
0: yeah uh I want to also mention you mentioned the Canucks so they had one of the them in Montreal I think maybe even Toronto had like the most polarizing off seasons definitely where you lose Markstrom and you lose Tanner and And you lose Stetcher and you 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 lose like
1: you lose how do you lose two right shot defensemen that you home, you home, have, are your homegrown defensemen that are both right shots. I just don't, I, I can't.
0: So, make, that doesn't make sense to me. So, like, with Vancouver, why? I, I, I thought them as having like a C plus or a B minus off season because
1: they don't deserve a B. A B, mi- a B minus,
0: B minus, okay. or C pl- B minus or C plus, excuse me, because okay. they weren't going to pay Markstrom that contract.
1: They couldn't afford it.
0: They couldn't afford it. The term didn't make any sense, so they weren't going to do that contract.
1: Yeah.
0: The TANF thing. That's the one where it's like, okay, sure, four and a half or four years. They have yeah. they have some decent depth in their you know system. They got Yo Levy and Wu, and they might be something. Who knows? Um, the Stetcher one hurts because that one
1: stinks. Because he's a he's from Richmond, BC. He's easy. like. Yeah. That's got to sting.
0: And he was affordable. Like, $1.7 on the cap is not egregious by any means.
1: I guess he didn't fit. Well, I guess, I, I don't know what Jim Benning was thinking. But I guess he didn't fit what the Canucks wanted. And again, is he, he's a lot like Quinn Hughes. He's just a not as good Quinn Hughes. And I think oh, they yeah. were hoping Thatcher would become a, like a power play quarterback and someone that could run the offense. But unfortunately, there's a guy who's better suited for that. Than he is, I think that's he was kind of just like left out, and he had to go. Some I, he had to be expended.
0: I was I was really shocked that the Red Wings got him because I really thought he was going to be in Vancouver, and it's not yeah, like well, yeah. it, and it's not like he's a bad player. He should be at least no. at least playing top four minutes in in Detroit, and probably would be in Vancouver. He'd um, be top
1: six on a good team on a like a team with four solid defensemen. He'd, he'd be a a yeah. premier third pairing defenseman.
0: So. And then a Toffoli one, I think it hurts the, mer- the most. I think that Toffoli <clears throat> trading for, like, they gave a lot for Toffoli. And then they yeah, met a, a, fir- wait,
1: a first round pick.
0: And Tyler Madden. Tyler
1: Madden and someone else. Shawler. Schall- yeah, Schaller. Yeah. And, he,
0: and he was more of a cap dump. But I mean, so. Toffoli, Toffoli's cap hit wasn't egregious either. Like, that was four and a quarter, I think, that Montreal paid. And, Van and Cous- for
1: the experience and, like, the skill and kind of just intangibles that you you can't find? Yeah. Often, it, like... Yeah. That gonna, was... Now you're going I
0: was going to say, well because now you're going to go on the market and you're going to try and draft or you're going to try and find somebody to basically replace Tyler Toffoli when you already had Tyler Toffoli on the market and you could have just signed him.
1: But I guess question for you, Ian, is then, like, the Canucks have a deep farm system. Yeah. Do you think Adam yeah. Guttett fills that role next year? No. Or... No, I don't, th- I, I don't. I don't. I don't think. Ver-
0: no, I think no. Fur- Furland, I think I would not be trusting him a whole lot with his injuries. I don't think Godette fits that. I don't think he th- he's not as talented as Tafuli is. Vert- no, Tan- like Vertanen. Do you really think this? You know, was like this was a- this is Vertanen's best year. Do you really think he's going to put that twenty goal number up again next year?
1: Yeah, I think so. Again, he's young. He's a young guy. Who again, his type of. How he plays the game, it takes some experience to learn how to control and kind of rein everything in. Cause he's a he's a speed guy. So often like he needs to just slow down and take a look and think of the game. Once he gets that the process and the the thought process behind the game, he'll start to play better and he'll start to put up better numbers like he did this year. So I think with Jake, the older he gets, the better he'll be. Personally, but I, I don't. Again, know. I, we'll I, have to see what happens. We'll
0: have to see what happens. I think they have maybe about two million in cap space left, and they, yeah, and they still have to re-sign Vertan uh, and yeah. Goddett. And um, then they have Hughes and Pedersen next year. And that's just it. Though no, these are no those guys you have to sign this off season. Like this is the off season you have to give them. A, Hughes they, and Petey? Like, yeah, this is the year because you don't well, want to have to deal with that bullshit next year.
1: Bullshit, you want to yeah.
0: deal with that right now.
1: Well, they're both RFA's, aren't they?
0: Yeah, but you don't want... So like, then
1: you have the offer sheet thing, too. You have
0: the offer sheet thing, too. And obviously, they're fucking... They're going to have another... like, Who who here wants to say that Petey and Hughes are going to have a bad year next year? No. No one can so, say that. So you... their value is only going to go up. Now is the time you re-sign those guys. Fun, yeah. by, the way, by the way, fun fact. Um, fun fact. There are two players on the Canucks right now. Who have contracts that are longer than three years right now? Can you? Bo nope.
1: Really? Uh, JT Miller? Nope. Thatcher Demko. No. Nope.
0: The two guys who have contracts right now, currently, with more than three years on their contract? Okay. Tyler Myers.
1: And, and Lou Na- Nate Schmidt. Whoa.
0: Those are your only two guys that you have with more than three years left on your deal, on on their deals.
1: The Tyler Myers one makes me laugh. The
0: the Tyler Myers one, I had a bit of a chuckle too when I saw that. Not gonna lie, but but I mean like like, I know they were talking about trading of this offseason, which I don't I don't I don't don't get that. I know he didn't look totally confident in like the final few games against Vegas, but anyways. Yeah, you signed Hughes now. You resigned PD now. I think Horvat still has two years left on his deal, and maybe the same with Besser.
1: But he's gonna get. He's gonna want big money too. Yeah. How do you fit it all? I how know? do you fit it all? Um, well, I, it's the same thing as Toronto. I don't know how. Speak, yeah. Speaking of cap issues, okay. I don't know how. How the fuck Toronto gets Thornton, uh, TJ or TJ Brody? Yes. Zach Bogosian, second the winner, Zach Bogosian yes. and yes. Wade Simmons. Plus they have. Four guys to half their cap hit. Don't, I just find that ridiculous.
0: Don't forget about the legend Jimmy Vc, who they also signed for like seven hundred k. No, um, yeah. that's essentially what Toronto is now. Uh, Toronto is pretty much the top end guys get paid, and then the bottom end guys get nothing. Because basically, I think Bogosian is on a million dollar contract. Thornton is on a 700 like 700, he's, on, 000, he's yeah. on league minimum which he should definitely outplay that contract you would think Simmons think is, so? yeah Simmons is on league minimum which he didn't have a great year last year yeah
1: and this I, is a prove. This, he's got to prove himself this year and uh, then really what's he at uh I
0: think he's at five million over four years so he's got a 20 like, million dollar how? how can, can Toronto- I, can I also just say with Calgary for a second? I think the Tan like replacing Brody with TANF or replacing Tanaf with Brody, uh no fucking, I had it right. Oh, the first time. you had it right the first time. Yeah. Uh replacing Brody w- with TANF yeah. was a bad idea is a bad like a significant downgrade. And I get that you and I have had this conversation with the Flames about how they need to just kind of either blow it up or change it up. because um, you you know, if you do the same thing again and expect different results, you're kinda of crazy.
1: Well, based on what they did this summer, I think they're changing it up. They're not going to blow it up. And I think Markstrom is a better goalie than Riddick, than Big Save Dave.
0: Yeah, I mean the the issue with yes. Mark you know, no, I'm not arguing that like the issue with Markstrom is that that's a, that's going to be a bad contract. And we see that with we see that with Calgary all the time where they just give out like people wonder why Calgary have had goalie troubles. Well, you give out stupid deals like fucking six years for Markstrom. That dude's gonna be thirty-six. Like, okay, so in three years, yes. When Dustin Wolf is ready, former Everett Silver Tip. I am kind of biased with this, but sure. if, if Dustin, they also have Tyler Parsons. But anyways, if one of those guys is ready to play in three years, sure, is your starting goalie in three years. So now you yeah. have Markstrom, who you have three years and eighteen million left, uh, and he's thirty-three
1: right i guess question well part of they can keep both whoever of parsons or wolf is ready plus markstrom assuming that parsons and wolf won't be eligible for the the uh, kraken to take in the expansion draft right because there's also let's not forget about there's that expansion draft looming next next year too
0: that is true
1: right so there's also that to keep in mind so my guess is Riddix Riddick's the goalie like that'll be left exposed to um the Kraken. As so Wolfie and Parsons probably won't be taken just because they're still young enough. They're too young. Yeah. So um yeah, it's gonna be how free and now with the COVID the whole COVID shit and the flat cap, it's gonna be interesting to see how teams protect or expend their players to be able to give to Seattle. Like Seattle might be might be better
0: than Vegas. Can
1: I? Maybe not. You okay. might.
0: Be, you might be right there. But can I just say? I think it would be really fucking funny if Mark's sh- like Mark sh- like. I don't want to like wish anything ill on the guy. But if just for whatever reason it doesn't work out with him in Calgary, and Markstrom gets picked up by Seattle in the expansion draft, and I just think that would be really funny from a Calgary perspective. Just like, well, seeing I'm... the fl- seeing the flames, like, oh yeah, we no, got our we we got our long we got our long term goalie, and then one year later, it's like actually the Kraken took him. We don't have any options at goalie. Here's some couple prospects for you to get excited about. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know. I just think, Tor- I, think with Cal- or I think with Calgary, it's kind of like, why do, you, like, why do you keep having the same problems with goalies? Well, because you keep just throwing money at it and hoping one of these guys will work. And who knows? Maybe they got the prospects now, but that's going to be... A it might, You know, it
1: might be different this year. Mark Markstrom, he had a great year. And again, there's no reason why he shouldn't do it again next year. Um, he just, should have a better defense it.
0: next year. Sorry? He should have a better defense, you would think, next year. A more complete defense. I know Brody left. I wouldn't say but... better,
1: but more complete. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, I know, I I know Brody left, but... The Connector,
0: yeah. Uh, and congratulations to the Toronto Maple Leafs for winning the 2013 Stanley Cup. Uh, with the signings of Joe Thornton and Wayne Simmons, along with their signing of Jason Spezza as well this off season, uh, the Maple Leafs uh, are trying to avenge their 2013 loss to the Bruins. I guess is what they're trying I, to do. I guess
1: so. Yeah, they're they're quite the story. They're gonna be, yeah. We'll see what happens in uh, Leaf Leaf Nation. We'll see what happens.
0: Can I? I also have to say this uh, because Andreas Janssen... Got traded for Joey Anderson. Uh, Joey Anderson was the captain of the Team USA Junior team a few years ago. Uh, Joey Anderson is good. You're gonna like him, Toronto. You will like Joey Anderson.
1: I think he's better than Andre Johnson personally. I think he's more effective.
0: I I I think Johnson's more talented, but Anderson yeah. is kind of more what the Leafs need in a bottom six. Like here's the thing with well, the here's the thing with the Leafs is that their top four guys are. Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander. sure, and then yeah. you you let's say you also throw Nick Robertson and McKayev into the mix, or or yep. Z- or even Zach Hyman. I should say Hyman and maybe Engball too. Like you throw those guys in there.
1: Hyman and Mikhaev are your, are part of your top six.
0: So yes. then you so then you like Toronto's got a bunch of good wingers. Like I wouldn't really worry about losing somebody like Johnston and Caputin because you got you already have a bunch of those guys in your system.
1: Yeah, you oh, don't exactly. you, you <laughs> don't
0: you don't have a Joey Anderson in your system, so yeah, that I would say the Joey Anderson trade was a good trade for Toronto, and a, a, kind of a necessary trade they kind of had to.
1: Johnson was going to be a little more expensive than what the Leafs wanted to pay, so it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent.
0: Another team I want to discuss is the Montreal Canadiens because they. They've had
1: quite the offseason.
0: They are a team that looks like they're trying to be playoff contenders.
1: I don't know what the Montreal Canadiens are. I mean... I don't know.
0: The Josh Anderson move... Like the, the actual acquisition of Anderson and then signing him, I get it. But like I like Anderson. I don't like that contract. And I don't like what they gave up to get him.
1: I think the Habs lost that trade. I think Domi's a better player than Anderson. Yeah. I think he was. I think Domi was a great fit in Montreal. I don't know why they got rid of him. Maybe it's because they have they feel confident in Kokonami and Suzuki that they don't want to pay another center x amount of dollars. I guess, but what can you do? Like,
0: and and again, like, there. Josh Anderson is a guy that teams like just in terms of his physical play and how and like how he plays.
1: Yeah, he's but. Like, uh,
0: but, I mean, like, $5 million?
1: A lot. It's like, like the David Clarkson contract.
0: Yeah, it's like...
1: <sighs> Why? Why? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm questioning what Montreal did this offseason. It was a little I, weird.
0: But I liked it to fully signing.
1: That was good. Okay, that was good. You're right.
0: I, 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 I didn't mind the... Like, I, I kind of get the Allen deal, but, like, also, like, okay. you Kind of have price, sure. But sure, let's go OP and goalie. Well,
1: you see a lot of teams going with this tan this tandem shit and like having a good number two.
0: I I like, like I like having a good number two. preferably every day.
1: Well, <laughs> good one.
0: Yeah, on a roll. On a roll. There you go, out of boy. Uh but I mean I <sighs> Montreal, I, I think now the move for them is to make the playoffs. Like, they have to make the playoffs with all the money they threw around this offseason. I think it's playoffs or bust. Yeah. Or Bergevin's gone, I think. I think Bergevin's in the hot
1: seat this summer. And that's maybe good.
0: and maybe that's what he was working with. It's just like, I got to make the playoffs or my job's on the line, so.
1: Yeah, do whatever you can, I guess, yeah.
0: And, True. Who's um, about the draft? Let's talk about draft. Talk, all right, let's talk about the draft for a little bit. Um, who... Go off on your Anaheim Ducks. Go off on your Ducks and how how well they did. I'll, I'll give you 30 seconds here. Go ahead.
1: There, you have 30 seconds? Are you going to set a timer? No,
0: okay. uh, I'm watching on the time here. Go go for a minute. How about that? Go for a okay, minute. Okay, let's go
1: for a minute. Okay. Ducks fans, and people people watching this podcast, my Ducks fucking crushed the draft. a little cyber. Kevin Shinkirk, good signing, by the way. Jimmy Drysdale is the next star defenseman in the NHL. There is no doubt that he's way better than Jake Sanderson. He is a perfect fit in Anaheim. Him, I just see him and either Lindholm or Fowler playing together. They're going to go off. They will be unbelievable. It's going to be a treat to watch him play. I've asked, you can ask Ian. I've asked Ian for a Drysdale jersey for Christmas, one of the old Retro Ducks ones. Anyways, long story. Their other guy from Sarnia, what was his name? Um,
0: Jacob Perl.
1: Yeah, yeah, Jacob Perl. He was. Very he's unbelievable too. Sniper. Again, great fit in Anaheim. Good score. I got he's 10 on Hey. The duck people are saying like the Rangers won the draft. No. Considering what the Ducks picks had six and twenty seven. They won the draft. They had some great picks in the later rounds too. But Drysdale is my guy. I love the guy. Number one defenseman in the future. My Ducks. All right. you, went,
0: I, you uh, I think on my timer, you went like seven or eight seconds over. But anyways, uh, congrats on your Ducks for crushing the draft. Crossing. Um Can I... I, I, I will kind of put water on your fire. I think the Kings yeah. are closer to making the playoffs and contending than the Ducks are.
1: The Kings are?
0: Oh, yeah. The Kings are loaded. I think the Kings are like...
1: With prospects? Yeah. Okay.
0: Just as a team. I think the Kings have a better team. I think the, they're... Hot take, I can see the Kings making the wild card this year as a playoff team. And not the who not not the actual like bubble thing that we did this past year, but as like who is the
1: goalie? Who's the better goalie?
0: Well, you have the better goalie, obviously. Well we, well course. no 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 actually John Gibson we. John Gibson, believe it or not, is the second best goalie in the NHL, according to EA Sports, with his yeah, m- with that's... his ninety one overall rating. Fuck yeah, that's right. Of course <laughs> it is.
1: If you put him, like, okay, hear me out. If you put him on a team with six solid defensemen, he is a top five goal in the NHL. No question. But
0: about that. No, he, but he's he's on a team with who's your Fowler,
1: Fowler, who? Lindholm, and Manson. That's three defensemen. Our okay, right, other so three okay, guys okay, are three, essentially okay, minor league defensemen.
0: Okay, three, three quality or above D men, and there's he's still pulling in a second overall ninety-one rating. That is amazing um talk about trying to make the u.s fans interested i will say though quick it, quick did not have a good year last year he needs to have a bounce back year if the kings are going to do doesn't. anything um Great. but that's kind of my hot take the kings are much closer to competing for a playoff spot than
1: well, you, well you're full of shit then that's am i full shit. of shit okay you're um, full of shit
0: well we should Am have... i biased maybe we, should have, we should have a bet, then, as uh, who, who we think is going to... Oh,
1: who makes the playoffs first, the Kings or the Ducks? Yeah. 20 bucks
0: $20? bucks All right, deal. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
1: Live So, fans... We're already we gambling have... on
0: a podcast. That's not great.
1: Well, now that, that means we actually have to follow through with it. So, yeah, that's, so we do, that's part of the issue.
0: We do have to follow through with it. um Okay. Should we
1: write, should we write it down? We'll just keep it in our mind. Who okay. makes the playoffs first?
0: Yes, if Anaheim... It's on a podcast, so, you know, we know it. you know. We know it, yeah, actually, um, I think, you know, your Ducks had a really good draft. Uh, I kind of laughed at the Oilers for not taking a D-man. I thought that was funny. I know the draft isn't where you take your team needs, but I just figured, like, we're the Edmonton Oilers. We don't need a D-man. And then also kind yeah, of... But at long- least they
1: didn't draft a small forward or a small winger. At least they drafted someone big and physical with some skill. They That's all, I. That's my only takeaway from that. The other, honest.
0: the other funny thing was the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, not dra- refusing to draft anybody over six feet tall because in Toronto, short king stand, short king drives <laughs> in Toronto. Um, so, kudos to. People uh, are
1: saying this. The uh, Ammeroff Ad- kid's gonna be like Kucherov, though. That's what people are saying. Again, no guarantee it'll be it'll like, turn out like that, but I,
0: I've heard that too. Which I, I mean, little could, shocking. Could could happen.
1: I think the more like that pick was a little shocking, but it was when Columbus, (laughs) Columbus made their pick. It was kind of like, it was like a bomb went off. It's like
0: can I can I just say uh, some some dude? I don't know if I said this on the podcast, but I might have told you some dude. He he posts um, like who he thinks are reaches and where he like. He, he, he does all through his analytics and stats of like, okay, this guy should be projected to be drafted in this range, and this guy should be drafted in this range, and this guy should be, you know, like so on, so on. And he yeah, does, yeah. And, excuse me, and he does reaches, and he said, you know, Jake Sanderson was a bit of a reach, but anyways, you yeah. know, a couple spots. The guy that Columbus drafted at, 21?
1: 19. Do we even have his name? Do we I, don't, do I don't, I
0: have no idea what the guys do. Go search, search up his name, and I'll, I'll stall here. But pretty much this dude who does all this, you know, analytical research and has his charts and everything, he said that the range on that dude that the Jackets drafted would be anywhere from 91 to 207th overall.
1: (laughs) So like, (laughs) like like a fourth round pick.
0: Like a fourth round pick. And Columbus is taking him within the top 20. And apparently the Jackets said that, they thought of, him, uh, thought of him as a top 10 pick, as a top 10 player.
1: That's unbelievable.
0: That That is, like, in, the funny thing is that this is, like, 2020 where we have the technology and we can, like, YouTube shit and, you know, we have so many sources and there's so many more people involved now compared to 20, 30 years yeah. ago. But, I mean, come on. Like,
1: come on. Like, come on. Like, his name is uh, Igor Chinnikov. He was drafted 21st overall and he's from Omsk in the KHL. But yeah. I think I said this before, watch us be wrong. Like oh, yeah. every watch yeah. just just Yarmo knows some shit about these European these Euro players. Like, watch out. We
0: we this guy's gonna probably have his number retired by the by the Blue Jackets for all we know. Like he's gonna be a lot like long well I want to say he's a long time Blue Jack, but I think he just re-signed a contract with his KHL team, and now he's there till like twenty twenty. He's there 24.
1: till like twenty. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah. it's like
1: what? The, That's the what thing is about this? drafting KHL players. You, you always you just don't know. You don't know what they're gonna do. So.
0: Um. I mean, I know Keith says SYP creator Keith. I know he says never sleep on Columbus, but I mean, like, you don't think you could trade down to get that guy?
1: Yeah. Like, I- i guess like maybe maybe the guy they really wanted was gone and they just kind of like said fuck it and took their next best player and he was he was their number two I i don't know
0: there's a good chance he could be number two um
1: yeah there is either way anyways
0: um I thought Winnipeg. I uh, um I liked Winnipeg's pick of Cole Perfetti. I thought he dropped uh, again. That was I mean,
1: a steal of the draft, I
0: with draft. With with SYP Short King's rise here. Short Kings stand here on SYP. Um,
1: Who ever said that? Who ever said that?
0: I don't know. I just it's a thing we go with here. We We are we're, we're a creative bunch here on SY, at SYP. Yeah, we we are um that's that's why when we do you know that uh show i was talking about where it's like mtv cribs but it's syp version when we do syp hype houses and i just rank houses give give five star ratings on people's like student housing uh, pretty well, much we each, should
1: I, we're talking about doing that Let's, we should just we, run it maybe i will
0: and it and i'm basically just gonna rate houses on a five star basis if they have a french press or not that's like the main criteria. That's the main criteria. It's they, they, the main criteria. Is having a French press is the main criteria. Um, right. Cole Perfetti, I really like. Maybe uh, yeah. hey hey, he might even be Winnipeg's second line center, so they don't have to trade Liney to get one. How about that?
1: How about that? What they can trade Line a for a defenseman.
0: No, they don't even need to trade Line. A. You know how I is, don't
1: think Line wants to be in Winnipeg. I don't I think. Kind of, I think he's gone. I think he's gone sometime in the next few months. Personally, I, th-
0: I think he's gone like by, probably by the end of this month or like. Oh fuck yeah! Like I, 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 him and Goudreau, I think are both gone at some point this offseason. you think
1: Goudreau's gone too? I think Goudreau. Even with what Calgary did?
0: I, I think Goudreau. If, they, if I think there's a, I think some team makes a good enough move to go get Goudreau. Um, hey, you know what? Fucking. Chicago's giving away wingers for a shitty D Man. Maybe uh they'll may, maybe try to think who's a shitty D Man on Chicago Slater Kukic? Is he still on the Kukik? Is he still on Chicago? Yeah. They'll trade he's,
1: good- on, he's pretty bad, he's still on Chicago. Yeah, yeah. So,
0: so so Chicago will do like the instead of acquiring the shitty D Man, maybe they'll you know, go trade the of- shitty D shitty D Man for a good winger. Hmm.
1: Possibly. We'll have to see what happens.
0: Or maybe they'll just like. Well, I mean,
1: Chicago drafted a... Lucas Reichel. Supposed to be pretty good. The I Jordan that's what,
0: that's what I've heard. Uh, shadow that's German good. shadow German players, by the way. I think there was more Germans drafted in the first round than Americans this year. Yep, yeah, that sounds right. So kudos to the German national. They've actually. if you actually been paying attention to the German national team? Uh, I don't know, like. They've been like if you watch about the world juniors and world championships, and they were in the gold medal final in the Olympics a couple years ago. Germany's actually making like progress to their hockey program. Oh, yeah, at at the demise of their soccer team, obviously. But pretty much hockey's getting better, and then soccer,
1: (laughs) yeah. I don't know about that. German, the German football team's still pretty good. Um, but you're obviously right about the hockey thing, like they're, yeah, the dry subtle was the first and there's just so many kids following them now they've yeah i know i know they've they've put money into the hockey program there and growing the game which has been a huge part and the the dell the the, the german the german professional leagues really is mm. they've gotten better too right mm. and that's been a big thing like matt alder Mannheim is a factory
0: yeah like
1: it's like uh like davos and like um What's the Swedish team? It's not... For Lunda? It's Pro Lunda. That's one, yeah, for Lunda. Nah. Like, same idea. It's just an absolute factory for, like, young hockey players that are good.
0: Um. So, shout out German hockey. Um. Any other picks that you really liked or that you were really, like, bad or, bad or awful picks that you just, that you wanted to mention or discuss? Bad picks or good picks? Both, whatever you, your preference. If there's one that you really stood out, one that really stood out to you.
1: Something the call my... Uh, Braden Schneider at 19 to the Rangers. The Rangers had, the Rangers were going to have a good draft no matter what because they picked first overall. But the fact they made a good pick with their second-round pick, that was also, to me, that really was like, damn, okay, good. Good on you guys. You picked a good, solid, physical defenseman, which is what they needed as well. They needed a, a big scoring winger and a powerful defenseman, and they got both.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, the Rangers hit it. The Rangers did well. The you- Ducks did well. The ducks. I was gonna say, I don't want to shit on kids because this is their draft night, so I don't want to talk bad about them. But I mean, the only teams I think that really could have done better were Columbus, New Jersey, maybe.
1: Maybe New Jersey, yeah.
0: Um, Anton Lindell to Florida was kind of a safe pick. I mean, he's a fair prospect. Don't get me wrong, but it's kind of the safe pick. And I mean. Buffalo didn't even pick the best Ottawa 67 prospect when they took Jack Quinn. No, so they should have taken Rossi. That was a yeah. big mistake. Yeah, I agree with that. Jack um, Quinn's good, but they don't need a Jack Quinn. They have
1: other guys that are like him.
0: They just what was the, again? I think SYP creator Keith sent me this a, a post where it's just like Jack Eichel will now battle Jack Quinn, and it, it's going to be a one-on-one competition, and it's going to be called the Jack Off or something like that. <laughs> and that's essentially what the Savers are doing in Buffalo is that they're just having a jack off.
1: It's just that kind of event,
0: yeah. Pretty pretty much. Uh uh you you wanna talk baseball a little bit? We got some big baseball games going on right now as we speak. Yeah,
1: on right now. Um we yeah, I'll just mention mentioned quickly. Rays Astros are game seven, cut something that nobody expected. Uh just sidebar the Rays were up three nothing. And the Astros who cheated last year have Come all the way back and have a chance to win. It's, I guess, the
0: game's on right now. I think, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, uh, the Dodgers won earlier,
1: they did, so it's game seven.
0: The game seven tomorrow,
1: wow, that's big as well. Holy,
0: so Eight, uh,
1: seven on uh, Monday, Monday night, yeah.
0: Game seven is on it's tomorrow, I think.
1: Is it, it is tomorrow?
0: I think it's tomorrow. I think. I think it's really funny because I think Sunday, Sunday night football is the L.A. Rams and San Francisco 49ers, and then the Dodgers are playing in Sunday night baseball. So L.A. sports are just killing it with primetime killing ladies. It.
1: Plus the Lakers won last week. It's it's a good time to be a sports fan. In there. L.A.? Well, everywhere, but yeah. In L.A. especially. I mean, I,
0: I wouldn't be totally cool to be an Atlanta sports fan. Um, who, so... I got the Dodgers playing the Rays
1: in the World Series?
0: Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to stick with that.
1: Was that your pick? At not
0: the field, originally. Though? Originally it was Cleveland and the Dodgers and then Cleveland just decided like, "No, we don't want to play baseball anymore in October." It's like, "Well, cool. You guys could have told me that before I picked you to win, but whatever. <laughs> I don't care." Um but the Rays are really good cuz the Rays like they just have yeah. tremendous starting pitching. Uh and they have enough bats. I kind of wish they had another bat, but I mean, it's the Rays. They're a small market team. They're playing money ball. They get whatever they can. Yeah, they are actually.
1: I'd like to see them win. It'd be cool. It'd be cool to have their, their first franchise World Series win against like a heavyweight, like Los Angeles or like Atlanta. Those are both bigger market teams with the money. Right. So do
0: you you know how bad that would be? I don't know. Bad. Yeah. But I mean, if the Dodgers lost the World Series again,
1: that would look bad. That would, yeah. At that point, it's 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 kind of like the, they're like the Washington Capitals, like for a long time they just have so many good pieces and they just can't win. If they lose this year, but there's no guarantee they'll lose this year.
0: So. They 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 just have to win tomorrow and then beat the Astros in the race, which none of that I think is a guarantee.
1: But the fact Do you that, think whoever wins the NL is going to win the World Series?
0: No, I think it's it's a toss up. I, I,
1: All four I, teams are unreal. I think. Yeah, I think they're, they're the four best teams in the MLB this year, at least.
0: Maybe Yankees fans are just going to be screaming and yelling at you after this. But, I well, mean, how many
1: Yankees fans do we really have that walk that listen to a pod? Uh, I you mean, I, I, uh,
0: know every. People don't watch a whole lot of baseball anyways, but people, I'm sure, root for the Yankees. Like, I'm sure my father is going to listen to this and just be upset with you that the Yankees, like, he's a Yankees fan when he's not rooting for the Manners. You know, my father, by the way, sidebar, my father says that the Manors are the uh, the farm team for the Yankees. So that's just wonderful. I get to root for a fucking farm team every fucking year. Um, it just
1: you, shows you how good the Mariners are.
0: So bad. So bad, um, bad. Yeah, and, Dodgers Rays. Uh do you think do you think the Rays pull it off tonight? Do you think the Astros complete the sweep?
1: Rays win it, but it's not it's not a yeah, it's close. It'll be a close game. Rays win it. It'll be something dramatic. I just yeah, I don't know. It's what the Astros have done is unbelievable. I just don't think they're going to win tonight. I think I for saw, whatever, for whatever reason,
0: I think I saw something that the Rays have been batting, like, 200 in this series. That's not that good. Not very good at all. But also, I mean, kind of having the Astros in the World Series is kind of, like, you, I I don't think you win if you're the MLB. You don't win with having Tampa in the World Series, because Tampa's a small market team. is not going to get you a whole lot of ratings. But... I know there's a lot of people who also hate the Astros, so maybe you can get people to hate watch the Astros, but I doubt it.
1: I guess, yeah. Well, I mean, just thinking about Tampa Bay, it'd be cool if Tampa won the World Series to be two wins for a Tampa Bay franchises.
0: So we can have more COVID parades?
1: Yeah. Okay, we talked about this last pod, but, like, the, se- the Tampa celebration was unreal. The it was! Oh, no, it was it was. That, cool. was un- that was unreal. I know they got in shit for it, but it was, it was fun. That was that was hella fun.
0: Uh, and then all... Well, actually, too, the Super Bowl is in Tampa this year. Oh, get out of here. The Super Bowl is in Tampa this year. And the Buccaneers, obviously, with Brady, I, I think they're... They're not doing that great. They're Well, they're two games back of, like, Seattle for top in the NFC, right? So, like, they still have a ways to go, the Buccaneers. Yeah. But, I mean, there's, there's a world in which it's, you know, three for three, because they don't... I mean... They don't have a basketball team.
1: Is it possible? Not likely, but it is. Like, there is a chance of it happening. Yeah. You, you sure. could make
0: your bets right now. Uh, actually, probably not with the timing, but I mean, Ray's, uh, Ray's Lightning Buccaneers parlay championships. Uh, I should probably let you go here because I'm sure you're going to go celebrate your birthday here. Uh, yeah. Any, any other final thoughts or hot takes?
1: Any? Or- oh, man, I gotta think about that. Um, give me a t- you gotta give me a topic about a hot take. Give me some like. So well, I like- said
0: earlier that I think the Kings will, will. The Kings are wild card contenders this year.
1: Well, you're so full of shit. The Ducks are gonna be have a better chance of making playoffs than the Kings do, but we've already talked about that. That's. That's. I,
0: I think they, I actually, I think the Canucks win a division. No, I, I don't actually think that. I was just thinking. I mean, no. Okay, Vegas okay, okay. Colorado's winning the cup. Okay, we, did, we, we didn't we didn't talk a, about we didn't part. talk about Colorado, but Colorado's winning that's the a cup. Good hot take because they got I, they got Devin Taves from the Islanders for two second round picks. Yeah, and I mean that's a fair trade. Fair
1: that trade. is
0: that is a fair trade. It's just now the Avalanche's defense is completely OP. When you have oh, it's
1: unbelievable, when
0: you have McCarr, Graves, Bar. Taves, Byron... Gerard, Gir- Gerard, like,
1: yeah, they they a pretty dumb, they have a, just a stupid team. Yeah, plus they signed Brent, they got Brandon sod for the door, like the door, total po- po- win for Colorado.
0: And and about that trade, Chicago retained salary for sod in that deal. That's funny.
1: Like, <laughs> I think Colorado has to win the cup this year. I just think they're that good. There's no, I don't see them losing the Cup, here. It has, to,
0: it has to be Colorado. Uh,
1: yeah, they're, I think they're going to be hungry now. They shouldn't have lost to Dallas. They're going to be so hungry to come back and, like, just crush. They're going to be first in the Central. They're going to be first in the West. It's, like, yeah. Look out for the Apple. I like that's a good. That's a good hot take. I like that.
0: And you got a final hot take to end with?
1: Yeah, I was just thinking about it. I was gonna say the Leafs are gonna win the cup, but I just, I'd be, I'd be funny. It'd be funny to say out loud. I think, um, I think
0: it. No, I think it's realistic. Just think the they get out of the first round.
1: I. Anyway, that's not my hot take. We, we'll, the Leafs, we'll talk about Leafs later. We'll talk. We'll do like a big preview show of the NHL season January first, hopefully, when I'm back in Squamish. Um, hot take: Tim Stutzel wins the Calder Memorial Trophy next year.
0: Ooh. Ooh.
1: On an Ottawa team that's loaded with young talent, I think he, like Lafreniere, will be good, but I think Stutzel is going to surprise a lot of people. He's going to go off in Ottawa. I
0: the couple points I the couple points I have about Ottawa is um, Dom Lissin. Les, Lissin I can never say his name. Lissin he he's a writer for the Athletic and he's an athletic based hockey writer. And I think one of it was either him or he might have retweeted it or whatever. But basically, they projected Ottawa's points this year to be around fifty-six.
1: Out of what?
0: Like fifty-six points this year. That's what the if we play a full season, the Senators are getting fifty-six points.
1: That's not a lot. That's
0: not not, not very good. Um, also, with Ottawa uh fucking eugene melnick who's a dick of an owner said that they were planning on having about six thousand people at sense games which i i think it's doable but he made he made the joke something along the lines of you know even we can get a sellout this year with covid Ha, ha 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 and it's like you are just a complete mockery of sports ownership
1: Anyways, it's a good that, way to end the
0: pod. None of those related to Stude's Law. I just wanted to talk about Ottawa. Uh, yeah, you're,
1: sh- you're shitty.
0: My hot take was about becoming <laughs> good in Ottawa, and then you start shitting on the Sens.
1: Like, give them like, some hope. Like, they got a good... They have some good players. They drafted two times in the top five. Like, Sanders I know Drysdale is still way better than Sanderson. That's my opinion. That is... Actually, it's not my opinion. It is a fact. So
0: anyways i love i love i love me some brady kachuk i'll give that to ottawa fans i love me some brady kachuk
1: we love we all love we all love the kachuks
0: uh their
1: their nerf commercials are really funny they
0: they uh, yeah that's a good way to end it uh thank you very much scott happy birthday uh thanks guys for coming on the pod uh we'll have a bit more later on but for now this is a just a quick break and we'll be back later All right, welcome back to the SYP Podcast. Uh, I'm Big E, Ian McNaughton here. We're just going to talk about some of the fights from Saturday night, uh, including the UFC Fight Island 6 card, which saw a headliner, Brian Ortega, defeat Korean Zombie in a unanimous decision while, excuse me, uh, Jessica Andrade with the first round TKO over Kukujian, Kukagian. Excuse me. Uh, and then also the big boxing fight last night. Uh, Vasily Lomachenko lost to... Uh, Tio, Tio, oh God, why didn't I put his first name down? He lost to Lopez. Um, Teofimo Lopez, um, 23 years old, Teofimo Lopez. Uh, Excellent, excellent fight he had. Uh, Let's talk about the UFC first. So, uh, in the UFC main event, uh, Brian Ortega, Korean Zombie. Uh, This is the first loss for Korean Zombie since his last second loss, year, Rodriguez, almost two years ago in Denver. Um, when the guy like Rodriguez and Korean zombie were hugging it out, they were having a nice fight. It was all good. It looked like it was going to, you know, go to the end, go to the decision. And then Yair basically hits him with a back elbow coming straight, like ducks, his head hits him with the back elbow and it knocks Korean zombie out with one second left, like the latest knockout in UFC history. Um, so that that was Korean Zombie's last loss. Then tonight he loses by decision. Um, you know, Ortega landed a hundred and twenty-nine strikes. He, uh, hundred and twenty of them were significant. I mean, that's that's impressive. That's so good. Um, you, you can't you can't argue with any of that. I mean, he it's not even his strength. We we've always thought of Brian Ortega as more of a ground guy, as a grapple guy. He likes to beat you while you're down. And Ortega stood, you know, punch for punch with Korean Zombie. And it was really impressive to watch. He did have a few takedowns. Um, I think he was 3 for 10 on his takedowns last night. Korean Zombie didn't attempt any. I think he wanted to keep the fight up. And he did. It was basically a boxing match for the most part. Um Probably my my favorite moment from the first round was when Ortega, he caught a Korean zombie kick. He caught it with his left and then, you know, driving the cross into his face. So basically, he caught it and then he basically just hit him with a cross the other way into the face. So that was a really nice counter by Ortega. And then when it looked like Ortega was going to, or Korean zombie was going to take momentum in the second round, Ortega hit him with a beautiful spitting elbow tremendous move by Brian Ortega. And then in the final three rounds, Ortega was using his jab to control most of the fight and keep his distance from Korean zombie to avoid any potential KOs and knockdowns. Um, you know, I, I, if you look, if you look at all the, you know, the aerial Hawanis of the world, they said that Korean uh, zombie just couldn't maybe had the second round if that, but he got that spinning elbow it was really Brian Ortega winning all five rounds. It wasn't really close. Chang uh, Sung Jung, who is the Korean zombie. That's his nickname. Um, you know, this is... It, it wasn't even like it was a poor performance. Like, it was competitive, but just Brian Ortega had the better shots. That's that's really what it was. Uh, I would think Ortega's next match would be a championship fight against uh, Alexander Volkanovsky. That seems like the, the move. And it'll be really interesting if we see this sort of Ortega, which is a stand-up boxing type, uh, go up against Volkanovsky, because Volkanovsky has really, really come alive uh when going up against Max Holloway in a bo- in a boxing type max in, in, in essentially a kickboxing match. Um so and for Chan Sung Jung, who's the Korean again, Korean zombie. I don't know what the move for him would be. Maybe Max Holloway. They were discussing that a little bit last night. I mean, I could see that happening. I don't think that's a horrible fight by any means. I would think Max Holloway would win. Um, but, you know, that that could also get quite a bit of attention. And you could definitely put that on a pay-per-view and people would want to watch. So, um you know, kudos to both guys. It was competitive. It was a good fight. It was it was really for you for you know, beginners like myself or amateurs who are, you know, starting to get into some mixed martial arts. That that's a good fight to go and watch. That's a good fight to go study and review and see what each guy did right. Cause, you know, Ortega had some really good, you know, defense against Korean zombies. Zombie had some good shots, but Ortega was blocking them for the most part. Really good fight, really fun fight. That was that was really fun to watch. Um yeah, and and no one you know, Ortega obviously boost his standing in, in the division. Korean zombie didn't really lose much with his. Uh Jessica Andraj and Caitlin Kukikian. Um it was a first round TKO, but that knockdown, holy shit. So Jessica Andraj holding a Kukakean on the cage and then Andrade just picks her up and basically hits her with like the Kurt angle slam and it was like so startling when I saw it because when I saw it happen, I'm like you're not gonna lift her up and then slam her down and she did she did it was it was incredible it was a great move and that's an eight inch height difference between Andrade and Kukakian. And still lifted it up like nothing. And I would think that Shev, uh Valentina Shevchenko would be Andrade's next opponent at 125. I don't know who Kukakian fights next. Um, you know, the women's like women's like UFC divisions as a whole are quite random. Um there there's gotta be somebody there, I'm sure, that she'll fight, but that that the, the next move for sure is the Andrade, uh Shevchenko. Uh, championship fight, I would think. Uh, and then let's go to the boxing. Uh, the boxing was pretty good last night. Uh, the main event was Vasily Lomachenko against uh Lopez it was against Teofimo Lopez, and I mean, it really it, it was surprising because Lopez just pretty much dominated the early parts of the fight. Like, you know, Lomachenko probably won the second round. But other than that, I'd say Lopez won rounds one, three, four, five, and six. Like, I think he had five rounds to one at one point against Loma. It wasn't even that close. Loma just did nothing. He was just... I mean, Loma was moving his feet. I'll give him that. Loma was moving his feet, but he wasn't setting up anything. And even when he tried to, Lopez just... Countered it beautifully or he just did his own thing um you know Lomachenko didn't really start coming alive until I thought the seventh round and he finally started to he started to establish some jabs and some throwing combinations and it felt like a little too late but then there's also like you know the part of me that's like I mean it's the seventh round he does have some time but it still feels a little too little to, you know too little too late and you know, you could argue that Loma won the 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th. Like, you you can say that he won every round after the 6th, except for the 12th. I, I would say Lopez won the 12th round. He was just the better fighter. He was giving it everything. It was just a matter, a, a matter of who wanted it more. It was a battle of, you know, a battle of will. And I'd say Lopez won in the 12th round. And I don't know if that's what the difference was. It, I don't think it was in the judges' scorecards. But I mean, that really showed quite a bit of strength and quite a bit of resiliency by Lopez. Who I don't know if he felt like he was losing momentum, but he definitely, you know, wasn't winning some of those final rounds. And then he just came out and he just dominated. He yeah, he was just a better fighter in the in the 12th round. Lopez was, Uh, and and obviously, Loicenko expressed disappointment after the fight because Lopez beat Lomachenko. Uh, sorry for all of you who had Lomachenko. But Lopez won, and the actual scorecards... I want to see if I can find the scorecards here. Um, because Lomachenko expressed disappointment in not winning the fight, which I don't know how you thought that you won that fight. I, I just don't see it. Like there is no... There was nothing in that fight that showed, like, there was nothing in that fight that pretty much gave Lomachenko a win. I don't think, like, okay, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. So, Lopez, the the, the decision should have been either a Lopez win or a draw. Those were the only two decisions. There was no, I, didn't, I don't, I could be completely wrong. I don't know how you come to the conclusion that Lomachenko won. Because I, I think Lopez was the better fighter all around. Uh, so yeah, judges' scores were 116-12, to 119-109, and 117-111. See, that 119-109, that's definitely absurd. But, I mean, I, I had it 116-112. I wouldn't be upset if you had one fifteen one thirteen i i i see how you get to one seventeen one eleven one oh nine 109, one nineteen one oh nine 109, that i don't know that didn't make any sense um but no i i think that's kind of that that's kind of how it went it was one it was one sixteen one twelve i think was was what i had um, i yeah i don't know how you- i don't know how Lomachenko comes to the conclusion that he thought he won there there was definitely not the first half of the fight he he was in the lead and i mean he came alive a bit in the f- last few rounds but i i just yeah i didn't see it um so lopez is the only four belt champion in lightweight uh he's the youngest four belt champ uh in boxing history so Congrats to Lopez. Uh, I think actually he, I think he's missing one belt. I think Devin Haney has one of the other belts. But really, it was a good night of fights. Um, I thought the boxing match was good. I thought the UFC fights were really good. We'll see you next week with uh, Habib fighting Justin Gaethje. That's gonna be really fun. So yeah, that was kind of my just quick recap on uh, last night's fights. We'll have some more next week when we got the UFC TFC um, big big UFC card next week. See if I can find the the card quickly. Um, yeah, the the UFC card uh, next week on Saturday. It's an early one. Uh, we'll see Habib Nurmagomedov against Justin Gaethje, uh, Robert Whitaker against Jared Kanoar. That's gonna be a really good fight. Alexander Volkov and Walt Harris. That's gonna be a really good fight. Uh, Steven Struve is on the card. Iron Cortuliba. Yeah. I mean really good card we'll have some analysis after that one too so stay a touch and then the next what's the next big boxing fight i want to say it's uh terence crawford uh, um oh okay uh halloween we have uh Geronte davis leo santa cruz that's going to be good you would think. I seeing if there's any other big boxing matches coming up. And that was the other nice thing I want to mention about this, uh, the Lomacheco Lopez fight was the fact that it was on cable. It was on ESPN. Uh, That Kevin Clark, who is a a reporter analyst for the ringer network. He said, yeah, this is the best fight on cable we've seen in years. He couldn't remember the last time a, a big boxing fight like this was on cable. And I, agree I can't remember um when the last time a big boxing match was on cable because now it's all on either Showtime or DAZN or some sort of you know streaming platform but yeah uh really really all around uh good okay terrence crawford is on november 14th so we'll see geronte davis on halloween so that should be good uh yeah so that's the uh speak your peace podcast thank you very much for listening i hope you enjoy it we'll have some more box or more fighting analysis next week um at the with the habib fight so thank you very much for listening uh hope you enjoyed the conversation with scott earlier and uh yeah thank you very much have a good rest of your day everyone